Bryce Eddy here, coming from the Liberty Station Studios, and uh, today's going to be fun because we have Seth Gruber, the man, the myth, the pro-life legend on, and uh, we are going to be putting this episode on each other's shows and, and having a good time because we got a lot to talk about. How are you, my buddy? Good, brother. Good to see you. Yeah. Hey, so... Um, you know things are heating up, and I uh, I remember Charlie at the beginning of this year. You know we were having a conversation, and he said this uh, in a number of places afterwards that things are going to get really really dark towards the end, and um, yep. and you're seeing the desperation of our political enemies, and that's what they are right now. We are in a war. This isn't like politics of the old times. Um, and, and they're running around, and they are arresting pro-life people, using the full force of government against little old ladies that are protesting out on the right. sidewalk in front of clinics. And yep. I know you're paying yep. attention to all of this. Uh, Eric Swalwell just released an ad, um, you know, showing this this lady walking to her door, and uh, you know, little family dinner time, and the police are there to arrest her. Um, you know, for her private decision, you know, and so they're, they're getting, they're getting crazy all over the place. What are your thoughts on this? Did you say Eric Swalwell? Yeah. Yeah. He, yeah, he posted the, the, the this commercial famously, this morning. Famously, uh, farted on TV, if I recall, uh, and was, uh, uh sleeping with a Chinese spy. <laughs> yes. Yes. Bang, bang, the fang fang. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, no, Bryce, it's it's always good to hang out with you again. Um, sorry, I, we had a moment of my Skype connection there, so we'll pray that that uh, clears up okay. Um, but listen, uh, you and I um, often have too much fun, and I think it's because we recognize the nature of the times that we're living in and the duty of men um, to rise up in this season and simply say enough is enough. Um, and Jack Hibbs put this beautifully, Bryce, at the Turning Point USA Faith Pastor Summit, right, that Charlie and his team put on the first one uh, down in Coronado in San Diego in January. And Jack, he, he told me on an Instagram Live, right, Jack said that, that this line just hit him. It just came out of him. He said he's convinced that it was from the Holy Spirit. He did not plan to say it. But here's what he said. He said, if California pastors and Christians can't speak out against Prop 1, which is going to legalize abortion through point of birth into the California state constitution, because you perceive that as being political, quote unquote. He said, um, uh, you have surrendered your pulpit. You've walked away from your authority. Your mantle has fallen off. And it's time for all of us to put a line in the sand and say, you will go no further than this line right here. But what we need to understand, and you understand this, Bryce, and this is what I think you were alluding to with Charlie's comment, things happen gradually, then suddenly. Um, and this has been called the long walk through the institutions. Um, it's been called cultural Marxism, um, you know, whatever you want to call it. These people have been very, very faithful and very, very patient. Um, and that it's an interesting aspect about ideology, isn't it, Bryce? Because ideology blinds you to anything else except that one narrow point at which you are focused. It becomes a drug, and it speaks to 
I think man's desire to live for something greater than himself because eternity is written on the heart of man, right, brother? We live in God's world. We can't help but abide by his rules, even if we're denying the source of that liberty, the source of those desires. Eternity is still written on the heart of man. And so this is what G.K. Chesterton described, Bryce, as he said, the modern world is the result of the isolation of the Christian virtues, Um, And so what happens when you isolate the virtues from one another is that they go mad. That's what he said. And so what's an example of this, brother? Tolerance. Oh, my gosh. Tolerance without what? Uh, Truth? Honor? (laughs) It becomes a total bonker ideological drug, right? And so now as you brilliantly described, explained – the, right, the left first wanted tolerance. Can you say it again, brother? And and what's yeah. the cycles? Yeah, and and listen, I don't I don't claim this brilliance is my own. I I uh, I've uh, you know maybe altered it a little bit uh, in the way I express it, but I think it was Matt Walsh that originally said this. So I want to give the credit to him because I I think it was a very clear just just trajectory. Um, you know, yeah, they asked for tolerance. You know, we're nice people. We we said okay, fine, do your thing. You know, we're we're gonna be nice to you and we're gonna we're gonna do our thing. And then once once they had our tolerance, then they wanted us to give them the acceptance. And that acceptance came in the form of, oh, no, you're, you're, you're right. We, we can't say that what you're doing is wrong anymore. They want us to say that what they're doing is right, you know, by our values and principles. And then they want us to celebrate it, you know, and that celebration, you know, hey, we have a whole month and now it's all year round. They're asking for us to, to celebrate it. I mean, you know, the, our, our, uh, yeah. some of our local po- uh, political opposition here, you know, in the month of October, you know, they were they were handing out both uh, pride flags and American flags together and candy for the kids. You know, I mean, and that, that's their thing. And this particular individual is, is uh, saying, oh, not only did I um, organize, um, you know, uh, or, or participate in, in drag story hour, but I organized and celebrated it. You know, so, so these are who these people are, right? So you have to celebrate it wow. with them or else you're going to be on the outs. And then the final step to this is participation, um, and that's yep. the madness we're in right now. We're supposed to say things like gender affirming care, and that's good for kids. We're we're supposed to say that men can get pregnant, you know. And I don't know if you saw it, but they are are starting to put the laws here that they have in Canada where you can actually be um, arrested if you're not affirming your child's gender, and and that looks like you know child protective services coming to your home and and uh you know violating your your house your your sacred place to tell you that what you're doing for your kids is wrong because you're not telling your little girl that she is indeed a boy yeah yeah that's right yeah yeah participation and so look look how crazy the virtue of tolerance gets when you detach it from the christian worldview and when you detach it from the various virtues that require one another, Bryce, these virtues require one another for any single one of them to make sense at all or to be virtuous in and of themselves. And yeah. so Chesterton would br- brilliantly explain that the modern world is the result of um, of the Christian virtues gone mad because they've been isolated from one another. And, and so um, the, the tolerance has now moved all the way to participation. 
But that did not happen quickly. That happened for a long time. It's very important for people to understand this, Bryson. I know you do, brother. But people say, wow, how did this happen? Like the drag queen story hour stuff. Boy, that happened quick. I mean, it, it wasn't there and then it was. No, it did not happen quick. It happened very slowly to the point that that became acceptable. And you had institutions and people behind the desks of those institutions that were going to promulgate it, protect it, and castigate those who would stand against it. And so I think that's an important point for people to understand. So th there's a whole history behind institutions. Um, it, by the way, that long walk through the institutions is completely intertwined with the history of eugenics, Bryce. They are yep. completely intertwined. They are married together, okay? The American Eugenics Society and the founders of eugenics, like the Rockefellers, the Fords, and the Carnegies, those were the George Soros's, um, the um, uh, Bill Gates, uh, the Bill, uh, the Packard Foundation, David and Lucille Packard Foundation, right? HP, Hewlett Packard, Yep. Um, and the, and the Mark Zuckerbergs of the 1930s and forties. Okay. So Bryce, I mean, those are just the modern examples. Those are the modern figures today of, of the funders of eugenics, right? The creed that says some people are good and some people are bad. We need more of the good people and less of the bad people. And because there's overpopulation, Bryce, and there's too many people, we have to do something about that. And of yeah. course, those whether it's the Packards or the Bill Gates or the Mark Zuckerbergs, they're still obsessed with this idea of overpopulation, which the billionaires from the 20s and 30s were as well. And the eugenics movement was completely intertwined with the quote-unquote long walk through the institutions, the American Law Institute, and the, the model penal code, which was specifically designed to overturn over 70 laws on the books that, that reflected a Judeo-Christian worldview and philosophy that man is created in the image of God. He has intrinsic dignity. The family is the smallest political unit. The family is very important for the building block of society. Without the family, everything else uh, disintegrates as well. So yeah. we need laws that protect children and the family. The American Law Institute and their model penal code was designed explicitly to overturn over 70 laws on the books that protected children and families. These are just some highlights I'm giving you of the long walk through the institutions. It deserves a two-hour treatment that I'm probably not as entitled as others to actually give, you have Bill Federer on, but but you understand this. So for people, to, for, for our brothers and sisters to understand this, Bryce, this has been happening for a long, long time, such that now we are in the position that we're in where school, where parents going to school board meeting, meetings are labeled domestic terrorists by Merrick Garland, where pro-lifers are arrested, not for, for blocking entrance to a abortion center, um, but for either peacefully standing outside or sometimes entering the abortion facility with a red rose and giving it to a woman and saying, we're here to help you. They're not they're not like pulling her out, putting yeah. them over the, her, their shoulder. But, yeah, that could be trespassing, but they're not blocking a pregnancy center. And all of these attacks against against pro-lifers, the weaponization of the IRS and the FBI against political dissidents and opponents, it's just so important for people to understand that all of these people are on the same team. Now, my calling is to end the genocide of baby image bearers, and you know that, Bryce. But, but it's important for me to be involved in addressing these other issues and speaking to them and getting people to understand how it all weaves together. And so I want your, your, your commentary and response to that, Bryce, but then I want you to give my listeners at Unaborted um, a little bit of a window into your local local school board battle in the Conejo Valley Unified School District in the Thousand Oaks, Ventura County, California area, which I just left.
because we're seeing these battles at the local level heat up even more, bro, than like early 2021, right? Mid 2021. They're, They're hotter now than they've ever been. And so I want my listeners and the church, Bryce, to see what's happening, to get a swing for swing account at what's happening at local levels with warriors like yourself. Because, and then I'll, I'll throw it back to you, brother. Here is one thing that um, uh, Alan Guttmacher said in 1973. Now, who was Alan Guttmacher, Bryce? The president of Planned Parenthood and mm. the namesake of the Guttmacher Institute, Planned Parenthood's statistical research branch. Okay, in 1973, when Roe goes, right, when Roe gets passed, Roe v. Wade, um, judicial activism, right, legislating from the bench, um, abortion legal through all nine months of pregnancy. A reporter, and this is documented, Bryce, a reporter walked up to Alan Guttmacher and said, Dr. Guttmacher, okay, how are we, how are you, us, the abortion activists, how are we going to make sure that we always have Roe v. Wade, that we all, that it never gets overturned, that we'll always have a federal right to abortion? Bro, the president of Planned Parenthood responded with two words, sex ed. Mm. Yeah, that makes uh, that, that makes perfect sense uh, for what we're dealing with right now. Um, and and uh, by the way, I, I love it, and I think you should be speaking more on how all this is connected because it is connected. And I believe that this transgender movement is very much an a iteration of destroying children, just like the abortion issue is. Because if they can't get them in the womb, they're going to destroy their own ability to recreate. That's and, right. yep. and And we're seeing that now, and we're seeing a tremendous push for this, so much so that, I mean, there's there's people, I mean, I, I'm convinced a lot of this is animated by a Munchausen syndrome by proxy with a lot of these activist parents that are transing their own children uh, for their own, um, you know, political... Uh, uh, credibility and and their own yeah. um, celebrity here in 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 local in local um, you know political spheres. Um, it's uh, it's mind boggling that they're fighting so hard for this. They are I, you you will never see people more animated towards a cause than this one right now. And and yeah. literally yeah. they are fighting tooth and nail uh, in the political sphere uh, so that they can sterilize kids. Now they're lying to us, right? Um, what's amazing is, you know, we're catching these people, you know, um, on their own videos, right? Uh, all over, you know, the the hospital systems, um, you know, they they've got their own, uh, you know, transgender, gender affirming care um, departments, and in their own videos, they're they're talking about, uh, yeah, here's what we're gonna do, and we'll go, and you know, kids as young as three and four, and and maybe even going right to the womb, which I find interesting. They they question their gender even then, and they manifest uh, gender gender uh, um, you know alternate realities even at that age. And so you know they're yep. they're saying all of this stuff, and then they they talk about cutting the breasts off of fifteen year old girls, uh, and then right around when this gets exposed publicly, and meaning that those videos and those websites are just grabbed and just put on display by a libs of TikTok or a Matt Walsh or other. <laughs> other culture warriors out there they look you dead in the eyes and they say oh no that's not happening (laughs) they take down their videos they doctor their websites 
And then they look at you again and go, oh, no, that's disinformation and misinformation. Or they'll say, uh, you know, oh, it's incredibly rare. But what, but what always happens is they start doing that, and then they eventually say, yeah, but it's good, and it's important, and we should be doing this. So they start with denying that it's actually happening, and then they start to justify why it's so important to do this stuff. Yeah. What they're also not talking about in this transgender movement, of course, they, they'll never admit that it's a social contagion. I mean, remember, girls were cutting themselves for years. You know, there's all kinds of issues. Yeah. They're picking on the kids that are most vulnerable, the oddballs, the autistic kids, the, the yeah. kids that don't quite fit in. They're emotionally blackmailing the parents uh, in many cases to go along with this. Do you want a living son or a dead daughter? You know, so they'll yeah. say things like yeah. that. You know, they're, they're pushing this. And what they're not talking about is this is an end of their sexual function. These, these poor kids yeah. they're, they, who have, uh, don't have a concept uh, or emotional maturity to understand the beauty of, of what healthy sexual expression is. They, they've yep. not experienced it. They don't know all of that. They're telling them when they are 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 years old, um, they're counseling them down the path to, uh, to ensure that they go towards the path of gender reassignment. Yep. They will never be able to have children, and they will never have a real fulfilling sex life. They will not be able to experience the, uh, any of that, and yep. it's disgusting. But that's what's yep. happening right now, and it is tied to all of these crazy folks that want to see our population in decline. Yep, that's right. Yep, yes, I'm, I'm so glad you concluded your comment with that, because that's exactly right. Now, some of the lower-level lackeys they may not be possessed of this ideological obsession with yeah, decreasing the, the useful population. Idiots. That's right, the useful idiots. Um, to quote, was it Lenin? Um, but the the high priests of progressivism have always been obsessed with this idea, and and they are again today. You had Bernie Sanders, Bryce, in a uh, a climate catastrophe town hall. That's what it was called, climate <laughs> catastrophe town hall, uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, actually, I think it was leading up to the 2020 election. Yeah, it was just before the election and the most reliable uh, election in American history, of course. Yes. And um, and he said, uh, so listen, this is not a town hall, Bryce, on abortion. It's on the climate. And of course, Bernie Sanders, that degenerate communist who I just saw, by the way, in Reagan, going with my wife to Reagan and then Reagan to Maine to preach for Ken Graves at Calvary Chapel Banger. And we walk out at Reagan, bro. And literally, the second we walk out, there he goes with his old communist aide walking behind him. Uh, oh, anyways, funny. he said at this town hall, he said, uh, I'm paraphrasing, but but uh, correctly so. I'm not embellishing or, or uh, you know, tr creating a straw man of what he said. He said, uh, one, of the, one of the solutions, of course, to, um, to overpopulation uh, and climate control um, is we have to fund abortions in poor countries. You see, Bryce, the poor, you know, according to Margaret Sanger, um, they prevent us from creating human thoroughbreds. Uh, mm. and, and they keep breeding, and their breeding is really dangerous to the future. Uh, and so it's the poorer countries, and often, in Bernie Sanders' opinion, the blacker countries, uh, that we have to fund um, abortions in. Oh, and by the way, Bryce, sex ed very important okay the CECAS, the sexuality information education council of the united states 
um, which was started in 1964 by Mary Calderon, who was the medical director for Planned Parenthood. <laughs> so you mm. have Planned Parenthood's medical director leaving to start what today, Bryce, has become the most significant organization behind the writing, crafting, and selling of the CSE, the Comprehensive Sexuality Education, pornographic, quote-unquote, sex ed. It's just follow the science, Bryce, in our public schools today. That started with the, the Planned Parenthood, essentially. And they yeah, hold well, consultative statuses at the United Nations. I'll finish with this, Bryce. Guess what they – as does the International Federation for Planned Parenthood and CECAS. They use those consultative statuses at the United Nations, Bryce, to do a few things, but here's one of them. They approach these poor countries, and they say, one of the prerequisites for the aid that we're very excited to give you is that you let us run your sexual education programs. I mean, come on. These are the same people who say, we have too many people. So to connect this battle with the one you just explained, Bryce, because, guys, it's the same battle. They're happy to sterilize, okay, um, p- kids through transgenderism because we had too many people. And they're also happy to sterilize women who get multiple abortions because pregnancy can often be very difficult after that because you're often perforating your uterus or, or you're scarring the uterine lining through multiple abortions or lining their pockets with blood money by indoctrinating children into sexual activity early and then getting them in the sales funnel of Planned Parenthood because sex ed is their sales funnel, abortion is their product, and your daughters are their prospects. So once again, just to connect some of this stuff, these people are demons, and that's that's yeah. that's the lightest, kindest way to put it. Well, I'm sure. Well, I'm sure you've seen the commercial that they had on uh, puberty blockers and all that, because now they're the big purveyors of puberty blockers on a lot of these campuses. You know, they're the ones that are yeah, that are you. doing that too. I was going to say yeah. that they're, Planned Parenthood is one of the number one providers of the cross-sex hormones and the puberty blockers in America today. Wait, Seth, are you telling me that those who chop up children will have no problem abusing them? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What what a stretch. <laughs> yeah, no, it's um it, it's amazing. So we uh uh, in our community here, and I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna go on a, a, a few different shows and, and talk more about this. But um, you know, to bring you up to, to speed to the the recent occurrences, so I'm sure you saw because it went viral and Daily Wire picked it up, and even Sean Hannity talked about it. There's a video of our local Mark McLaughlin, who's the uh, superintendent of schools. Um, before the school board meeting, um, you know, a parent came up there, and she was actually on the show and described um, this. Yes. Uh, on the show, but the um, you know her daughter and her daughter's friends um, uh, witnessed a uh, little boy during class uh, masturbating. Now they're titillating oh these kids with inappropriate sex ed, sex ed that yep. is teaching them, you know, the, the the point. fine points of uh, of oral sex and anal sex. And oh, by the way, anal sex is included in the abstinence section of their particular <laughs> yeah. um, uh, sex ed program. Um, and, and I've got a copy of this stuff, so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna reveal more of it. But it is uh, it is an abhorrent and perverted um, way that they're teaching kids. 
And so yep. no wonder, you know, that uh, uh, these kids are, are acting out in that way. And my heart goes yep. out to, you know, these these kids, you know, even even the, the perpetrator in this, because, um, you know, in yeah, one sense, they're, it's, they're it's pawns uh, in the progressive. They, they are. And they're and they're young. They're young children that um, that are, you know, being bombarded with sexual imagery that they are not ready for and their minds are not uh, are not ready for. And, you know, on top of yep. that, you know, the the scourge of pornography that is just one or two clicks away on their phones and the lack of parental, um, you know, uh, oversight on these kids and screens and things like that. And, and, you know, my heart goes out to these parents cause it's tough with, with all that they're, they're, uh, being hammered, um, after yep. with. So, um, you know, this, uh, this parent, uh, again, who's told this story, you know, many, many months ago now at this point. So this isn't a new story, but she tells it at the school board meeting and, um, uh, Mark McLaughlin says, um, well, you know, basically it's perfectly normal kind of a thing. We have a, you know, a few of these a year, you know, he dismisses it and he dismisses it as, you know, something that should not be a concern is, is the, um, and, and again, most people have, have seen this, uh, cause it's been out there, but it, you know, it shouldn't be a concern. Well, he, he went from that, and of course that went viral, and that was bad for him. Um, you know, he, he's likened himself to a Navy SEAL that he takes the fire for the board, you know. So he, pre he pretends he's a oh tough guy, gosh. and he's got thick skin, but I imagine he's having trouble sleeping at night when, you know, this is getting blasted all over, because it's ridiculous comments that he's making here. Um, and, and they should be addressing these parents' concerns, and they should be bowing to the pressure of the parents because the parents yep. are the people in charge. And the school board always drips with contempt towards the parents yeah, because they, they believe do. they yeah. own the kids. So anyway, so they went from saying that, oh, yeah, you know, hey, it's just it's no big deal, to, oh, now the, the implication is that this parent is lying, and these kids did not see that, and it did not happen. You know, that's their that's their next iteration. It's straight out of Saul Alinsky stuff. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is what that's they right. do. Um, but no, yeah. they, they should be condemned. And, and of course, you know, they um, uh, they had a death threat against them. Um, and uh, and it was deemed to be a credible threat. I, I don't uh, I don't know the details of the threat, but, you know, some knucklehead that should be condemned himself, you know, uh, had, you know, called and, and made threats against this guy. Now what they're going to do is they want to bubble that up because, of course, we're stochastic terrorists as parents for saying and suggesting that they should not be doing this stuff to our kids. Yeah. You know, and yep. oh, look, the terrorists, they're, they're real because, you know, you get a, yeah, a yeah, phone yeah. call from a whack job. And this guy is a whack yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. And, and no, um, you know, and, and nobody on our side endorses that kind of behavior. No that's one right, endorses right. violence. You know, we can win this politically and we are winning politically, which is why they're, they're making these more increasingly desperate, foolish attempts. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that hilarious? I, I mean, the yes, George Orwell would write in 1984, uh, Bryce, he would say, the party told you to reject the evidence of your eyes and ears. <laughs> it, it was their final, most essential command. Yes. And then Winston speaking, or Orwell speaking through Winston says, his heart sank as he thought of the enormous power arrayed against him, the ease with which any party intellectual would overthrow him in debate, the subtle arguments which he would not be able to understand, much less answer. And yet, and yet, he was in the right. 
and they were in the wrong. He was right. And, you know, my heart goes out, Bryce, to a lot of these mama bears and papa bears um, who are just simple thinking, straightforward men and women who see evil before them. And they go, no, (laughs) I'm going to make sure that you don't go any further. And they may not be these credential PhD university professors. And listen, neither am I. I'm not I'm not speaking condescendingly about people who are not highly educated. Believe me, I'm not. I do not think I'm any better. Oh, oh, no. In fact, the highly educated, the highly educated (laughs) is how you lose your common sense. I think they I think they wipe that from your that's that's, they wipe that from your deck. That's right. That's right. But but, you know, you, you do see these clips, you know, with. The, you know, the, the highly intellectual, you know, um, b- broad mastery of the English language, uh, leftist intellectuals who, you know, whether it's the Young Turks or some leftist organization, you know, like to put these little clips up where it just looks like this leftist intellectual is owning this Republican rube. He probably lives in the Midwest. You know, he's probably a trash truck <laughs> yeah. driver. And, they, and, you know, well, Hillary Clinton called the deplorables and makes these people look so disgusting and stupid. And you know what? They may not have a Charlie Kirk level spicy takedown to to your intellectual linguistic garbage. But you know what? They're right. They're still right and you're still wrong. And 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 so this this Orwellian Sololinsky level um, warning or playbook is now like rearing its head in real time and it's fascinating to watch. Um, but I wanted to share this with you, Bryce, because I'm so proud of, of what you're doing. And 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 the people that you and Liberty Station and, and God speak my my forever hope church are are mobilizing <laughs> in in this moment. And so just to again to to kind of to circle this whole this whole movement. So so we connect all these pieces. Um, Dr. Frederick Robbins, okay, Dr. Frederick Robbins, Bryce was a noted figure in the population uh, movement, overpopulation movement, and he was a Planned Parenthood lackey. And he justified Planned Parenthood's dependence on unsafe birth control products, right? Because early on, now, conversation for another time, I have some guest recommendations I could give you to dive into, like, even birth control today and how unsafe a lot of this is for women. Again, conversation for another time. But the point is, early on, Planned Parenthood knew that a lot of the birth control they were pushing through Margaret Sanger's birth control league, before it was renamed Planned Parenthood, was unsafe to women. But it was worth it, Bryce, because of the dangers of overpopulation. And so listen, Dr. Frederick Robbins, Bryce, said this publicly. Here's what he said. The dangers of overpopulation are so great that we may have to use certain techniques of contraception that may entail considerable risk to the individual women, end quote, Bryce. A Planned Parenthood lackey and a notable figure in the overpopulation movement literally saying, screw it. I don't care if you end up being sterilized or having a hard time having kids later because the sun god with the Lepokli is really angry at us because our too many people are harming the environment, which is causing the climate change. And the Aztec sun god is roaring at us to kill the kids. And so, listen, it's the same kooky obsession today uh, with the justification of dangerous sterilizing types of drugs and chemical castrations to the idol of transgenderism, the religion of transgenderism or Gnostic dualism. Why? Because, well, it's justified, Bryce, because we have too many people. And once again, the useful idiots may not be possessed of that ideological commitment, but the high priests behind this movement still are today. 
Yeah, and, and, you know, what happens with these, you know, folks is that they just get told by, you know, this constant barrage of their betters, quote unquote, you know, giving them these things and then they adopt it. And and they don't know what they're talking about. And you can you can see that very quickly if you debate any average person about any of this. And That's by right. debate, I just mean ask them, why do you believe that? They'll quickly <laughs> yeah. get to an emotional state of frenzy, being like, how, how dare you don't believe it? You know, they don't actually have a, a thought process behind how they arrived at that. They've just been programmed over time. Um, yep. There is no ability for us to be absent of religion. Mm-hmm. What is happening now, we are witnessing, is a religion, a religion of self, a religion of narcissism, a religion of all of this sort of stuff that's going on in this column over here. Um, and, yep. and you know it is, is because they want to defeat our religious point of view at whatever cost. Yep, yep, that's right. So, so, so Bryce, Margaret Sanger would write in um, her first published um, piece, uh, a journal or publication called Woman Rebel, woman rebel and the the tagline of her piece was no gods and no masters and and so listen the sex ed and birth control and titillating the masses (laughs) right to break down sexual and societal mores so people can't govern themselves so there'll be a a, there'll be a sucker for the first um would-be tyrant and his utopian promises that rises amongst you (laughs) this was all part of margaret singer's goal early on bro and she was yeah. really one of the first radicals, Bryce, to connect this idea of um, Malthusianism, uh, eugenics, uh, Darwinism, and sex as that final puzzle piece. She, she, she understood maybe that's the key. M- maybe this idea of sexual liberation and birth control, maybe that's the key that will unlock the revolution. Um, and, and so she's in the same intellectual and political tradition as Antonio Gramsci. Right, Antonio Gramsci, right, who went afoul of Mussolini and spent the rest of his life in prison, um, would write voluminously in prison for the rest of his life. Uh, he, he, he reviewed books. He wrote his journals, which, by the way, got translated into English by Joseph Buttigieg, the father of Pete Buttigieg. <laughs> uh, and so, so it's Pete absurd Buttigieg how they're all connected. Is a Marxist uh, communist revolutionary, Pete's dad. Who, who brings Antonio Gramsci's writings, his prison journals, into the English language for the first time, bro. Okay, so yeah. he called it, uh, Gramsci called it uh, the strategy of the robes, right? Get, let's get the robes of, of, of academy, academia. Let's get the robes of the courts, uh, the robes of the clergy, um, the robes of the scientific community, uh, and let's slowly uh, begin the the... Marxist takeover, the, the walk through the institutions. And so if you can get the robes of all of these various institutions, <clears throat> that's how we can usher in the revolution because <clears throat> the physical, right, the civil wars weren't working, right, the, the raids in the street, the economic turmoil hadn't ushered in the type of revolution um, that the Marxists always wanted. And so, hey, maybe we'll go the cultural route. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so Sanger was not like detached from that movement. Um, she she wasn't just on the fringes of that movement, Bryce. She was in the center of that. Yeah, she was um, an architect. And so today, today, oh yes, yes, one of the architects of progressivism. That's right. And so today, Bryce, Planned Parenthood, ready, is the largest, best funded, 
and most profitable nonprofit in world history. Hmm. So for for people to go, I'm not, I'm called to something else, Bryce. Uh, Praise God that that Seth dude that that Rob McCoy is so weird about supporting, that his battle's the pro-life thing. But I'm I'm called to another front in the culture wars. By the way, praise God, if God put a burden on your heart to, to, to contend on a different battlefront, we need you there. But you can't abdicate this one because not only is it so central to our faith, but it's also so central to the very communist takeover we're trying to prevent. Listen, guys, abortion is the linchpin upon which secular liberalism swings. It's the centerpiece. And Margaret Sanger is the architect of the centerpiece of the progressive political project takeover, who was the first person to connect all of these pieces in the way that she did. And so the school board fight and the sex ed and the porn and the curriculum and at the libraries and the the drag queen stories and the men dressed as women and stripping for kids and family friendly, family friendly drag hour, Bryce, all of this is, is part of the cultural and political conclusions of those early revolutionaries and of those early ideas that go back really to Thomas Malthus um, in in the late 1700s and early 1800s, but certainly begin around the 1920s, 1930s. And so one more thing on Sanger, Bryce, she once said about the centrality of birth control um, being used as a strategy, Bryce, to displace Christianity. So I'm saying this to conclude the point you just made, to remind your listeners of how on the target you are right now when you said that what they're doing is to try to displace Christianity as the dominant religion that built this country and and replace it with a new religion, the religion of humanism. Yes, Sanger wrote that, bro, in her piece, The Woman Rebel, before she launched the American Birth Control League. Ready for this? Birth control appeals to the advanced radical because it is calculated to undermine the authority of the Christian churches. <laughs> mm. Yeah, well, we, we do know it. We see it. I mean, it's the reason that they're calling us, um, you know, fascists. You know, Christo-fascist yeah. is, you know, what I get all the time. <laughs> and and it's funny because, you know, fascism has a um, an actual definition, and we have actual values that we're very, um, you know, clear on, and none of them are That's fascist. Right. You know, we, we talk about yeah. having, you know, smaller government, um, more liberty. Um, the uh, Wikipedia and others, and throughout history, they've incorrectly, and yes, incorrectly ascribed fascism to the far right— um, fascism is just, you know, total, total dictatorial control by a government, you know, over the people. And you can be a, uh, a fascist and uh, pretend that you're all about love. And you're all about, uh, you know, just being nice to the people and, and all about Marxism and sharing the means of production with the people, <laughs> when in reality, all you want is fewer people to have the options to actually succeed yep. in society. You know, fascism yep. uh, on the Marxist side of things just concentrates power into the hands of a few bureaucrats, and you will never yep. get into that club. At least with yep. capitalism, even in, in its corrupt form, you have a better chance. And we do have a corrupt form of capitalist uh, capitalism these yep. days. The reason being is we allow the government to grow unwieldy and out of control, and it's the government and, and big corporations that actually run it all. 
um, you yep. know, and the and the politicians are pawns. So we we'd yep. love to see that part of the system collapse and and enter into yep, a free right. market. And and yep. if you want to be a weirdo, go be a weirdo. You know, if you want to dress in women's clothes, do it. You know, don't force me to hire you because that's not according to my values. Don't force yeah. by the government's hand me to acknowledge that as the right thing to do or, you know, but that's you right. want to do it, do it. Um, yeah. You know, have that freedom. Let's see in the marketplace who wins when it comes to our base values yeah. and principles. But what they want to do is hammer on our values and principles and not allow us to express any of them. They are yep. always the fascists, and we're seeing that right now because, again, they scream that word so yeah, loudly yeah, yeah, right. in order to c cover over all of the things that they wish they could do to us right now. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and right yeah, now, our current yeah. system is standing in the way. Why do you think they want to attack yeah. our free speech and censor us or you know, eliminate the Second Amendment so that they yeah. can doubly eliminate our ability yeah. to say anything? That, that Christi, that Christo-fascistic Bryce Eddy. Uh, listen, mm -hmm. I mean, Bryce, even me with a, a humble YouTube channel of 15,000 subscribers and, you know, a, a growing Instagram account, bro, even me, like it's crazy. TikTok, I was getting between 4,000 on the low end and 250,000 on the high end on TikTok. And I think that one was you, 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 you finely chiseled uh, young man, but I was still getting the 150, 170,000, you know, 10,000 regularly, 15,000 regularly. Okay. For each TikTok, I've got about 20,000 subscribers on TikTok or followers out of nowhere, Bryce, about two weeks ago, I, it, they have not exceeded 800, 800 views. I have yeah. like about 12 or 13 now that have not exceeded 800 out of nowhere from 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100,000 views. Are you freaking kidding me? And then my long form discussion with one of the experts on the life of Margaret Sanger, Dr. George Grant, who you should try to get on sometime. We went an hour and 40 minutes and it had 1300 views the other day on YouTube, 1300 views, hour and 40 minute conversation. Today, wow. it has 687 views as of this morning, 687. Fascinating how I could lose views how people went back in a time machine with Marty McFly, I guess, and they just they, they decided to not watch it. I mean, what the hell? And I'm not even a major figure. And so, you know, the, as Rob, Pastor Rob always says, you know, the truth is never afraid of a lie, but the lie is always definitely afraid of the truth. And, and hence the Joseph Goebbels, you know, Third Reich attempt to shield the people from the political yeah. consequences of the state's lies. We must do that, says Joseph Goebbels, because the, the truth is the mortal enemy of the lie. And therefore, by extension, the truth is the greatest enemy of the state. Wow. From the from the mouth of Joseph Goebbels, the Nazi propagandist. But Bryce, I, with the time we have left, because I know we I got to wind down here, but uh, share just a little bit about uh, some of the last give some recent updates on on your experience involved in the school board fight. The mama bears and papa bears still showing up at Conejo Valley Unified School District uh, school board meetings in Thousand Oaks and, and the response of these people, because it continues to just be so wicked. And hopefully, brother, an awakening call to all of those millions who are with us ideologically but are not on the field of battle right now. Yeah, so I mean, listen, I'm I'm not doing much. It's really the parents that are that are getting after it. You know, I haven't spoken at any of these meetings myself, but you know, maybe a first one from a you know remote Zoom capacity. I did, I think, a call and kind of a deal, um, you know, months and months ago. 
Um, but otherwise, it's the parents. It's the the people that are that are rising up. It's it's the 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 people that have their kids in this school that are concerned. And then what we had in this last meeting, which I think is incredible, is we have a bunch of detransitioners that have joined this fight. So remember, yep. they're telling you that this is not happening, right? They're 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 playing that 1984 Orwellian game of telling you that this is not existing and that after this happens, after you transition these kids, they live happy, happy lives. And there are a bunch of people with the, the term they love to use is lived experience. Are you denying my lived experience? So we're bringing people in that have a lived experience. And oh, by the way, we're not having to search very far. These are people that are calling us. These are people that are that are coming together right now because this is a new thing, Tr- you know, transitioning these kids this way and, and, and putting them on the road to, you know, puberty blockers and all that stuff is new. And so you have people like Scott Nugent or Chloe Cole. Um, Scott, I had on this um, yes. podcast. And if you haven't right. seen that, um, if your audience hasn't seen it, um, they need to because it, it was a yeah. it was an emotional uh, hard episode to do. I mean, um, yes. you know, real and raw, and and you see what really happens. And and Scott is talking about these folks that you know just a few years later because they get celebrated for making this you know transition that dies away. You know, then they then they make a a surgery happen. They get celebrated. That dies away, and then they do the next one, and then it's this cycle. Um, you know, uh, um, and again, they're preying upon these these kids that are oddballs and autistic, and and people that, by the way, would grow out of a lot of that and would move through and be yep. superheroes in life. By the way, I mean, some of the smartest people, you know, are on the spectrum. Mm. Some of the the most brilliant people out there, and inventors. I mean, the geniuses. You know, they were they were not the popular kids all the time. I was not the popular yeah. kid. Not that I'm not a popular kid now, but you know, I was not um, the the guy who f- fit in. Imagine if these these yeah. adults who prey upon that came in and said, "Oh, well, maybe you're this, or maybe you're that, or come down this path with me." You know, that's yeah. what's really wicked. So these trans uh, transitioner detransitioners are coming together beautifully. I'm gonna have Chloe Cole on the show uh, next week. Yeah, and and uh, sure. and you know, remember, it's not happening that they're cutting the breasts off of teenage girls. Oh, but it did because it happened to her when That's she was fifteen say. years old. She started yep. transitioning yep. at thirteen. Her parents were emotionally blackmailed, and she's going to tell that story. So, yeah, yeah. you know, these these people are wicked, yep. and they're supporting a wicked ideology in in um, uh, hopes to gain yep. political power and keep their jobs. So, so Bryce, tell me when the detransitioners tell their stories to the school board. Uh, tell me, I, I assume the, the school board members um, stand up and cheer and clap for these people speaking their truth, right? Uh, yeah. And sharing their <laughs> lived experience, right? To so tell me the response of the school board members who who always say that they choose the side of the victim. Yeah, well, the school board of, um, uh, officials, what they do is they uh, get this massive, con- you know, uh, look of contempt on their face. They have impassive countenances, uh, and and they just uh, you know again give evil eyes uh, and just can't wait until it's over. Um, you know that's that's their reaction on these school boards. Um, what what the public does and what the Twitter warriors and stuff do to these people is they call them grifters. They say they're out there making a ton of money, uh, you know, on this. 
we happen to know they are not because they are barely making ends meet and and you know support these folks because they are co-belligerents in this cause and they and they need to be out in front on this saying that this is a great evil and do not let kids do this but they aren't in it for money there's not a lot of bucks uh, in in that, and so um, they get dismissed that they're just only doing it for the money. They're only saying that their experiences were bad for the money. Yep, yep, disgusting. Meanwhile, the people pushing all of this are very much in it for the money, and we all oh, saw yeah. the viral clip of the uh, the hospital or whatever that Matt Walsh had been exposing from then an old clip at a, at a meeting a few years ago, saying, "Man, these top surgeries and bottom surgeries, man." They can be ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars, and literally saying there's good money to be made in this. Um, oh, which and, again, and, if you and know subscription about the abortion industry shouldn't surprise you. Yeah, and subscription meds for life. I mean, expensive medications for life, complications oh, yeah. over and over again. I mean, Scott, uh, but on the show talked about it a little bit, but privately told me how many surgeries and uh, hospital stays for complications. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Just um, you know, just in his experience, I mean, it's a, it's a, um, it, it's horrific, and and they look at it. It's a two hundred billion dollar estimated industry. Disgusting. Right. Well, well, Bryce, chopping up kids for a pretty penny is nothing new in the religion of secular progressivism. That's right. That's right. Well, brother, um, how does um, my audience follow you? And uh, I know you got to go, so uh, rattle that off, sir. Yep, Unaborted with Seth Gruber uh, podcast, two episodes a week, and then Seth Gruber official on Instagram, and then uh, we're, we're on Rumble now and TikTok, uh, Rumble for when my YouTube inevitably gets pulled, and thewhiterose.life to join the White Rose resistance and build Christian resistance again in the 21st century before it's too late. Appreciate you, brother. Love you. Hey, amen. Love you too, man. Look forward to seeing you again in person.